With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Amazing game. I mean, amazing game of cricket uh, overnight uh, involving the Black Caps against India in Hyderabad. India batting first, scoring 349 for eight. Uh, that would uh, seem a pretty daunting task as you sit down over your curry lunch, I can tell you that. But they got a hell of a close. Uh, 337 on the back of uh, one of the good, one of the very good innings uh, from Michael Bracewell, of course, on the back of uh, India's superb performance by one Shubman Gill. 208 out of those 349 runs. What a masterclass that was. To talk us through it and uh, all things cricket in New Zealand at the moment is uh, former Black Cap and, of course, uh, Spark Sport commentator is Craig McMillan. G'day, Mac. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Sorry, Morning. That was good, wasn't it? Um, when I say good, didn't win, but uh, showed a lot of spirit <laughs> in the chase. Yeah, they did. I mean, it was some game of cricket, wasn't it? Who said that 50-over cricket is dying and irrelevant? I thought, um, yeah, this is the perfect preparation, I guess, for New Zealand heading into that World Cup in India in October and November. But, um, yeah, they'll look back on it and say 12 runs, it's only two shots, two hits that they got that close that they'll be a bit disappointed because there was a couple of areas that they perhaps will look to tidy up and, and improve on later in the series. OK, let's uh, look at, first of all, the, the innings of uh, Shubman Gill, who obviously will now be a factor uh, going forward in the T20 and uh, the 50-over uh, side of things for India. Uh, this is a, a, a guy we've seen in New Zealand recently, but hasn't quite, hasn't quite uh, up until now, shown uh, that kind of class uh, obviously he's got. We've seen a little bit of him, haven't we? And he's played a little bit of test cricket for India without really nailing it. But when you talk to people in India, Smithy, they always mention his name and say, this kid, Shimon Gill, is going to be a star player for India for years to come. So I think we got a taste of it last night of how good he's going to be in the coming years. That was a quality innings. It's an innings that you want from one of your top three. When they get in, you want them to get a big hundred. He obviously went further with a double hundred. But the way he took that New Zealand attack apart in the last three or four overs, to me, was the difference in the game. I think New Zealand conceded 46 runs in their final three overs. Lockie Ferguson um, got taken to. Uh, Shubman Gill hit five sixes and eight balls at one stage, including three in a row of Lockie Ferguson. So at one stage, I thought New Zealand had done a pretty good job for them and pulled things back. And maybe 325, 330 was what India were going to get. But Shubman Gill showed his power and showed the advantage of having someone that had been in for close to 50 overs batting-wise, and he really put the foot down on those final three or four overs. Uh, to be fair, Mac, it's not very often we see or have done in the previous years in white ball cricket a bowling attack without uh, either Southie or Bolt. Uh, and here we're headed by Shipley, Ferguson and Tickner. So it's a pretty raw yeah. look uh, about that bowling attack. But out of one or, the, or two of those uh, pl- bowlers, that we have to find something that we're confident is going to deliver uh, in a few months' time over there. Yeah, it's a good point, Smilly. Well, I think someone mentioned maybe 12 years since New Zealand last fielded a one-day international team that didn't have either Southie or Bolt. So that's quite a period of time. And you're right, that bowling attack was quite raw. Um, Shipley is going to be a talent for New Zealand in coming years. There's no doubt that um, he's got the skill set to be an impressive all-rounder um, 
at the moment he's more of a bowling all-rounder. He looked nervous last night, and obviously when you're playing India and India, they tend to come quite hard at you. The batting conditions were good, so I thought he fought back well at the end. He was expensive to begin with. Um, he just struggled to find a consistent line and length. Um, wasn't Ferguson's best night either. He, he probably hasn't been at his, his best for a period of time for New Zealand. Um, that over that went for 21, the 49th, was quite a crucial one. But you throw, I guess, uh, Matt Henry will come straight back into that New Zealand lineup. Um, Kyle Jamieson, I think this New Zealand side's missing Kyle Jamieson at the moment, and Tim Southey as well. Um, and all of a sudden, it looks like a different attack, doesn't it? It does. It does in terms of experience as well. What chance are you thinking? Uh, it's quite a way out yet. What chance are you thinking Trent Bolt for that World Cup? Good question. Um, I think it's one of those ones that's still 50-50 and still probably being discussed um, by um, powers of B. Look, Trent Bolt at the end of the day for me, he's made his decision. He wants to play franchise T20 cricket around the world and that's fine. He's earned that right. Um, he's been a terrific servant for New Zealand for a long period of time but I don't think that's the perfect preparation really um, in terms of preparing yourself for a 50 over World Cup um, because a lot of that franchise cricket is quite a few runs down from the international level that he wouldn't have been playing for 12 months or more. So I think when you look at Henry, you've got Saudi, um, you've got Jameson. Um, to me, there's enough depth within this New Zealand side that perhaps Trent Bolt won't be needed at that World Cup. Does that sort of fit the bill also for the likes of uh, de Grandholm and Nisham then? Yeah, well, I think that's the reason that someone like a Henry Shipley is getting opportunities. You know, for a James Nisham who's um, you know, it's been a part of this one-day side for a, for a period of time. Um, and, and we actually need to see how good some of these younger players are. So these, we've lost some experience and we perhaps um, haven't got our A-side right on, on track right at the moment. We're actually getting to find out and see um, how good some of these other players are, opportunities for them. Um, I, I really like the look of this New Zealand middle water smithy, I think. And you'll know from being in India, playing in India a lot as well, that um, raw power in that middle to lower order is key because the fact is you're going to be chasing 300 plus if you're going to win a World Cup you're going to have to either set 300 plus or you're going to have to chase it so having guys like a Glenn Phillips at 6 a Michael Bracewell at 7 a Mitchell Santner at 8, those sorts of guys in that lower order are going to be the ones that get you home in those big chases That's an interesting point, I, I had Phillips in, in big letters here um, Mac on my notepad and I was just going to ask you about have we got it right with Phillips at 6 um, in 50 over cricket yeah I think we have because we've seen how well he's done at T20 cricket Smithy he's, he's shown power he's a little guy but he hits the ball a long way I think he's a real performer in um, subcontinent conditions where the ball's turning and generally staying a bit low of course we saw that in that third ODI in Pakistan and Karachi where he basically got New Zealand out of a hole and won the series for them so I think in that sixth spot, it's a crucial one because quite often, um, from my experience of batting a little bit at six as well, you come in generally when um, the run rate is high, so it's generally in that eight to 12 mark. Um, the game's on the line. You need someone that's prepared to be brave, which Glenn Phillips is. Um, he's not always going to come off, but his ability and the skill set and the power to win games in that slot. So I really like the way um, five, six, seven line up. Um, obviously, you throw Kane Williamson back in at three um, instead of a Henry Nichols, and it looks a very strong batting lineup to me. One of the interesting things to me, and I'll, I'll say this without uh, 
with the forerunner that uh, there was uh, no Ashwin, there's no Jadeja, who may well be part of their uh, one-day mix when it comes to the crunch. But uh, the ability to play spin is going to be key throughout the series. And I think anyone that handles it well regularly uh, must be considered very closely. Yeah, it's a good point. And that's why Tom Latham is so important in this New Zealand lineup at five, Smithy, because we've seen it, I've seen it up close on previous tours. I remember a partnership between Tom Latham and Ross Taylor actually back in Mumbai um, a couple of tours ago where they won us the game. They just were able to bat to rotate the strike. And so I think in terms of the power we talked about at 6, 7, 8 with Phillips, Bracewell and Santner that are generally guys that hit boundaries um, and strike the ball hard. Tom Latham's got a little bit more finesse to his game. So in that five slot, he's going to be really... I guess he's almost... So you've got the glue at Williamson at three and Latham at five to bat around those power players. So if New Zealand can mm. get it right and those players are full of confidence, then to me they cover most of the bases, which is exciting. It is exciting, actually, when you, you start to nail it down the, uh, the, the way that you have. Um, uh, on Kane Williamson, uh, there was a, a little period of time, I think, when everyone around the world who regard him so highly were just a little bit worried he might have come uh, towards the end of it. Uh, but a double hundred and a test match and some pretty good form there. Um, but losing the test captaincy, I've got to say, I, I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming, uh, the test captaincy, or would you have thought he might have lost the white ball captaincy? I wasn't sure, Smithy, to be honest. I thought there was going to be a change coming. Um, I, I was a bit like you. I wasn't sure which way it was going to be. And I look at the likes of Virat Kohli and Joe Root, and similar players to Kane, obviously, um, have had a lot on their plate over a number of years. Kane, the same. Um, and I look at the way that they've been re-energised, I think, by, by John, um, either the captaincy full-time or, or part of the captaincy. And, and I think that's going to be good for Kane because the captaincy is a tough job, Smithy, especially in all three formats. All three games are so different. Um, and I'm sure that he was consulted and he decided that that was the track that he wanted to go down. So I think it's exciting. I think for longevity, it will probably prolong his career, which is also a good thing for New Zealand cricket. And, um, you know, the run, in terms of the runs, it was always going to be a matter of time, wasn't it? Yes, he'd been a little bit light because he'd set the bar so high over a long period of time. But it was good mm. to see him back to his best in that Pakistan series. And I think the runs will continue to flow now. He'll have a bit more time to himself. I mean, he's had a couple of young kids. He's different time. He's in a different period of his life as well in terms of the time and what he does. So I think it will be good for him and probably just re-energise his career. Uh, Mac, um, obviously also an integral part of our summer yet to come is uh, the Test matches against uh, England, who are absolutely on fire at the moment, playing with uh, yeah. this style of cricket. It's called Baz Ball, although he doesn't want to uh, he doesn't want to call it that. Baz, you, your good friend Brendan. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> see them changing. I don't see them changing their tactics here in terms of their mindset. Anyway, how are we going to counter that? It's a good question. There's no way in the world that they're going to change the way they play. That They play that way regardless of the conditions. We've seen it in England. We saw it in Pakistan where it's been successful. Um, good question. I think one of the keys for this New Zealand side, Smithy, will be not getting too caught up in it because a lot of the focus goes on England and the way they're playing, how quickly they're scoring, basketball, that. New Zealand need to stay true to their style, which is not the England style. Um, and they have to play their best cricket with their style. So that will be a key for them um, because because the game moves so quickly with the way England play, um, quite often you can just get caught up in it. But I think back um, 
few years ago, and you remember uh, new on the comms team, Smithy, it's uh, the Pink Bull Test at Eden Park, um, where New Zealand bowled England out for 60-odd, 68, whatever it was, and it, the ball mm-hmm. swung, Southie and Bolt had the ball swinging. And with the style of play that England, that is a possibility, they can get bowled out cheaply. So there is an opportunity for New Zealand, in New Zealand conditions with the ball swinging or seeming, to actually make some inroads into that England batting lineup um, and put them under pressure. Um, you know, you've got two very good bowling attacks that are going to test both batting lineups, I think, in New Zealand conditions. And obviously the first test of the series is a pink ball test, which is going to be exciting at the mount. So um, it's going to be great to have them on our shores and certainly bring in the entertaining style of cricket that they're playing will be great. But, you know, we've got... They did us 3-0 over the winter. Um, so there's a bit of a bit of a catch-up for New Zealand, and they'll be looking forward to this series to try and um, return return the favour of what they got in the UK. The other player I think is worthy of, of mentioning now is uh, Ish Sodi. I, I, I just kind of think this is starting to become a, a bit of a watershed season for Ish Sodi. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing uh, he feels a little bit more part of the, part, uh, part of the jigsaw. Yeah, it was an important tour. He, he bowled beautifully, didn't he? He's been in and out of that New Zealand side, well, especially the one day in the test side for a period of time where he hasn't really nailed down a number of opportunities that he's had. He's been a constant player on that T20 side and he's, and he's been a very good T20 bowler for quite a long period of time. It's an interesting one, the dynamic, because in New Zealand, spinners are generally um, only ever get to bowl in the second innings of, of a match. Um, the first innings is generally the seamers that do the job, and there's generally a reluctance by New Zealand to play a spinner in New Zealand conditions. I mean, Ajaz Patel's played a number of test matches and hardly bowled. So it'll be interesting just to see the dynamic. You've got Michael Bracewell as well, Smithy, and I know that um, they like him because of his batting. So a bit like Mitchell Santner for a period of time he played on that test side. Because of the mm-hmm. batting, they felt that they needed that all-rounder, but... At the end of the day, I think when you're picking a bowling lineup, you pick your best bowlers. So I guess the question is, is Shodi as your number one spinner or is it Ajaz Patel? And I guess it's the New Zealand coach and the New Zealand selectors will have to work out heading into that England series. Um, the other thing I would be interested to know is what kind of pitches? Do we just produce those traditional pitches where our seamers have dominated over the years? Bearing in mind, no Trent Bolt anymore. Or do we say Jack Leach can't bowl us out, surely, and give the spinners more of a chance? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one because Jack Leach actually had reasonable success against this New Zealand over the winter um, in England conditions that do tend to grip and turn a little bit more. But I think we stay true to what we know, Smithy. I think that's our best chance of success. It's, um, what has made this team so good over a period of time, they've had their success in New Zealand conditions when the ball... Um, has swung when there's been a bit of seam movement, so there's been some greenness in the surface. Um, so I think they have to stay true to that and say, look, we know our home conditions better than any. East England are a good side and will be a handful in those conditions with the likes of Anderson and Broad. Um, but we're going to back ourselves that if we play our best cricket, stick to our style, um, have players in form and confident throughout that series that we're going to do well and win. Sounds good, Mac. Uh, I know you'll be very much a part of it in the commentary team. Look forward to watching it. Um, and I, I, I actually do look forward to this contest. 
Uh, as you say, they fixed us up big time over there. It's time for a bit of payback. Uh, have we got the quality? We'll see. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. Good analysis. Thanks, Millie. Always good chat. Thanks, mate.